Welcome to another episode of Debt Review with Dummies. And by dummies, we refer to your hosts. I am Corey, the dummiest dummy. I'm Zach. I'm so dumb that when my friends invite me to play pool, I put on my swimming costume. Zach, um, what is Debt Review with Dummies and what are we doing today? Well, this podcast is all about dealing with debt. And in particular, the debt review process, which is uh, when you go to a debt counselor, you get some advice about your help. And it's a legal process where you can actually restructure your debt repayments to something reasonable, something you can afford. And you can go through the process, pay off your debt, get out of debt and be an amazing place in the world, which is very seldom seen being debt free. So today I'm pretty excited because we're going to be carrying on asking Maya Fisher French some questions. You might know Maya from Maya on Money or from her articles in uh, Personal Finance, or maybe you've read her book about money questions answered. Maybe you've seen her on the Money Makeover. Uh, we see Maya everywhere, and Maya often gets to talk about debt review. So it's one of the things we wanted to touch on a little bit today. Maya, maybe we can ask you a few more questions. Well, thank you. And um, yeah, it's great to get this opportunity as well. Um, Maya, one of the things that we notice is that people feel free to reach out to you and ask you questions, which is lovely, of course. It's fantastic when when people can feel, here's someone who will give me a straight answer. And um, a lot of your articles, they cover people who are struggling, maybe with one of the financial service providers or one of the banks. Um, we do get into situations where we feel like we've been taken advantage of. Something is not right and we're not getting the service we want. How, how should consumers approach that situation? Um, is, is there a best way to handle a situation like that? I, I'd say there's two consumers who come to me. The one is they've done nothing. They just they could have asked their bank. And I'm like, well, why don't you ask your bank? Why are you asking me? And, and that sort of talks to me to lack of trust. Um, either that was convenience. It's just easier to stick an email to me because they, but I think there is a trust issue, um, definitely. And then they feel like maybe I'll be able to answer the question better than the bank. So people come to me saying, you know, my bond and, and if I do this, what will happen? And I'm like, well, bonds are very specific to each bank. You, you, you reach out to your bank first. So a lot of people could actually go to their financial institution and one has to ask why they're not, why are you not picking up? Why do you not have that relationship with your bank? And there's a question maybe about, banks not make you feel like they have a relationship with their clients. So maybe there's that part. Then there's a part where somebody has, has just hit a wall um, and they're getting nowhere. No one's coming back to them. They don't, you know, nothing's happening. Now I do use my journalistic contacts that way. And I have, I actually have a very good working relationship with the industry, but across the board, um, because I think they respect me. There is a massive amount of respect for the fact that I don't do clickbait I don't, you know, make up stories to, I don't write, you know, all banks are evil and all credit providers are evil and all debt councils are evil. I, I have a balanced approach. And so therefore, for generally the, the financial industry is very open to speaking to me. They're also very aware that I can write a negative article sometimes if, if necessary. Uh, therefore, they are going to be more responsive. So I often use, I do use those channel back channels. I do a lot of back channels. In fact, I think <laughs> my biggest work is just, could you please help this consumer? But it's not ideal that a consumer has to go to a journalist, right? They should be going to the industry. And I do recommend to people, rather than contacting me, because there's only so many people I can, I can help, are the ombuds. And the ombuds are actually really, really good. The financial industry ombuds are are excellent. Um, there is a new ombud that's being formed, which will be, I think it's coming in March, which will be the big sort of mothership. Um, uh, and it'll be the council and they will then work out which ombud you would need to go to if you were struggling and it's giving rules and conduct. But generally speaking, you know, it's like banking ombud, they've come down hard on banks when they've made mistakes and they have the right to investigate. I don't have a right to investigate. I can't go to ex-bank and say show me this client statement because they just throw a poppy in my face right they say we're not going to show it to you so I think for me there's so much I can do and I can obviously you know try and assist but I would really recommend if you're but first of all escalate 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 through the channels because every all um, institutions have a an escalation and a complaints handling uh, mechanism use that if you're getting nowhere go to the relevant ombud um, and you will get helped. But certainly the ombuds are, are, pretty, are pretty good. So, um, you know, that, that would be my, my recommendation. 
you are 1000% right. Escalate, 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 then go to the relevant party. Because if you go to the relevant party, like an ombudsman, they say, well, have you even spoken to the people? Um, then you've got a problem. You want to, to, to kind of say, look, we followed the process. Mm. Do, you, do you have any pet projects on the go? I mean, you seem like a very busy person. So you, you, you probably wake up uh, four o'clock in the morning, go for your walk on the beach, uh, and then it's just work, 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 it sounds like. Um, but in amongst all that work, do you have any passion projects that are going on? I mean, outside of work, my work is my passion. Um, I'm, I'm incredibly lucky. So I, you know, from a work perspective, yeah, I'm working on my, uh, obviously I've got the big money makeover project about to start, which I absolutely love. And then I get, and then my investigative side switches on. And when I get a story, then I'm like, I can go down a rabbit hole for days on that, on that story, which is, so I can be my own worst enemy. I don't get as many walks on the beaches as I possibly could because of, because of that. Um, but I think so. Out, are you asking what I do outside of work? Um, so my big thing is is hiking. I live in Cape Town. Um, I literally live on. I can walk out my door and be on the mountain, um, and and that's my my love and my passion. I, I hike three times a week. I manage to fit it in, and I do travel um, and go on 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 treks. So that's my that's the thing that that keeps me sane. And there is something about walking in mountains that that does ground you which I think when you do the work that I do and I have an anger trigger when I see the abuse happening (laughs) um, it helps calm me down because I do need to to calm down sometimes before I actually throw a hand grenade uh, which is sometimes how I feel when I see see some of the abuse that's going on out there. Well, I did. Uh, you mentioned home loans. Uh, people come to you about home loans, and I actually wanted to ask you this question: If someone had to come to you today and say, "When is the right time to buy a home?" What would you say to them? Now, well, okay. Let me put it this way: There's there's a, two answers to that question. One is a timing thing in terms of the market, and everyone's saying, "Is this a good time generally to buy a house?" Well, if you can afford the interest rates at this rate you're okay, right? You didn't want to be buying at 7% uh, prime rate, which is, of course, no matter how many articles I wrote telling people that this would not stay there, no one read them. Um, and, and I think it's just interesting, Corey, I was speaking to one of the big debt counselors and they were saying that about a third of people who enter debt review now with home loans took them out when interest rates were at 7%. So I think this, that has actually caused a lot of the problems that, we, that we're seeing today. So that's, that's the one aspect. So yes, markets are depressed Sellers are under pressure, um, not a bad time. But of course, your, the more important question is your own finances. You cannot, and that's a huge mistake people make, is they are carrying too much debt, they're not budgeting, they haven't got a deposit, and they rush into home ownership. And a lot of this rushing into home ownership, I spoke, we spoke uh, previously about it, is this, I need to keep up with my peers. And people, I, by the age of 30, I should own a home. That's a very, very common statement um why why this age of 30 you know it's all about your own personal finances your own goals what are you trying to achieve so i would say to anyone it's always my advice to somebody if you're currently renting go run the numbers what can i afford what would that installment cost me every month what would my um insurance on the property cost me the maintenance the electricity the water the rates the taxes do a proper 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 budget then have a look and say, okay, right now, let's use an example. I'm paying 10,000 rand a month in rent. All of these costs, if I bought, would be 15,000. Okay, then take 5,000 rand a month and start saving that. Remember the word saving? Save that towards your deposit. And if you say, well, I can't, I don't have 5,000 rand a month to save. Well, then guess what? You can't afford the house. So it's a very powerful way to do it and to actually literally extract that out of your budget Put it towards a deposit. You will learn to live as a homeowner before you buy, and then you will have a nice deposit to put down um, on the property, and you will have shown the bank that you have the funds available to do so, which can improve your credit rating and your credit score with them in terms of the interest rate they'll give you. So I think for me, it's all about getting your own finances in order. Um, And then secondly, in terms of timing, not bad when interest rates are at an all-time high. (laughs) Right. Another naughty little question. Do you think interest rates are going to go up this year? No, I'm, 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 I would, I would be 
I would be extremely, I can't say that there isn't going to be a massive disaster. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think when I'm just listening to Trump's suggesting that NATO, Russia should attack one of the European countries may, you know, that, that all, all bets are off, right, if that happens. Um, but we know for a fact that um, inflation globally is coming down. We've seen in, uh, inflation coming down in the US. We've seen inflation coming down here. The feds are expected to cut and maybe just explain to the listeners, why do we care about America, that stupid country over there with, this, with two very old men running it? They, it's because they, um, the flow of money. So if you can get the difference between the South African interest rates and the American interest rates is, has everything to do with bond flows and portfolio flows. So people saying, well, if I can get a better interest rate in South Africa, I'll put my money there versus the US. So if US starts cutting interest rates, then we can afford to cut interest rates. Um, otherwise, our rand comes under pressure and all other things. So it's, this is a global thing. But then back home, our Reserve Bank governor will want to see inflation at about 4.5% before he starts cutting. So there's a couple of things going on, but at the moment, the trend is definitely downwards. And I know the economists are saying we'll get our first cut mid-year. A whole 25 points. So it's not going to exactly save anyone's you know, lives, but that's, that's the direction. So Corey, I've, I expect interest rates to be cut unless something insane happens globally. One of the things that we often see is that people like to stack new things. So they'll take a new marriage with a new child, a new job, and then on top of it, they'll add a new bond. And guess what? You're in for a world of hurt across so many different things there, because like you said, sometimes timing matters. Um, And debt counselors, we get to see many people at some of the hardest times in their life when all those problems are kind of, or challenges kind of come home to roost all in one go. And it's, it's, it breaks our hearts sometimes to hear the stories we hear, but on the reverse side of that, we get to help people. And then we get to hear these amazing success stories about people who really turn things around, which is an experience that you also have when people do manage to turn things around and things start to go your way for a change. And that's an amazing thing. Now, you cover debt review quite a bit. Um, We love it when you cover the debt review stories. But um, some people have a great experience through debt review. Others just really seem to struggle, and and they, they often will come to you when they're struggling with it. What do you think makes or breaks a debt review? Maybe we could put it that way. Or as a person helps you make a success of a process because we're talking about, I mean, for instance, we were talking about a new marriage. Now there are certainly certain things that make for a better marriage. Uh, I know you're a big advocate of respect in your marriage can really uh, be a big factor. Um, But in debt review, what are those factors? Have you come across something that you think is fundamental to success? Yes, but I'm going to just quickly say that I was the person who bought the house after having had a child and landed up, yeah, in financial difficulty. So being there, done that, got the t-shirt. Fortunately, I didn't need to go into debt review, managed to get myself out. But very, very, very common scenario. Everyone always said, what was my worst financial mistake? And that was it, buying that house. But anyway, moving on swiftly. (laughs) So in terms of debt review, you know, I have been a big advocate of the debt review process when done properly. And when it's done properly is when somebody fully understands what they're in for. I also feel that people should be given all the information up front. And it's a little bit of a contentious issue, but the fact that you can, once you sign a Form 16, you're suddenly in debt review and you may still be wanting to consider your options is totally unacceptable. I think it's completely against the Consumer Protection Act, actually. So there's certain things that are wrong there. And, and I, you do see the DCs who actually work with them prop, people properly. They say, look, these are your options. You know, this is what it means. It means for five years, you will not be able to access any debt. You know, what does that mean? Do you have emergency funds? What, what does this mean for your life? And I think if you are working with a debt counselor who's going to take that time to spend with you and to help you through the process, it really works. And I mentioned also previously that there was a chap who's, you know, they're coming out of debt review now. Um, people do come out of debt review after five years and they've learned to live without credit. They're all desperate to get back in it, but they've learned to live without it. So I think there is, there is definitely, um, that is definitely part of it. But, you know, Zach and Corey, the problem is, is that I can tell listeners all this. I say, find a debt counselor who does these things. Find someone who's going to take you through the process. And there are, there are people who are genuinely care about their clients. 
but you don't know you're dealing with that person in the beginning. And then you don't even get a chance to ask these questions because you're suddenly under debt review if you've landed up with one of the less ethical people. And I think that to me is, you know, is, is part of the challenge actually. Um, so yeah, it's about finding the right partner, but how do you find the right partner when you're not allowed to ask questions? If you ask questions, you're under debt review. Yeah, we need a dating period so we can go on a few dates with some romantic candles and see how those conversations turn out. And Zach, sorry, I just want to interject there because one of the other things is, and I don't know if this is the the, the, the platform to get into it because, I mean, everyone's got a different view on it, but, you know, the, the debt counseling rule system is, is a very good system, um, you know, to solve within within five years. And I get very concerned when I've seen some of the debt review um, quotes where they're solving over seven years at 25% interest. I mean, that person is not better off under debt review by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so I think, it, you know, there's a lot. And how do you as a, as a client get to see that quote and understand the consequences of that quote without going into debt review? Do you see what I mean? The system is problematic. Mm. Yeah, I think it's one of our big missions with the magazine that I, I work with to help educate consumers specifically around those kind of topics, because you don't want to start debt review if you're not going to finish debt review. It's like getting married. It's a very serious kind of decision. And if you're going to uh, link your assets to somebody else and all the other things that come with a permanent long-term relationship, you want to know before you go in that there's a high probability of success. Mm-hmm. Um, things won't always work out, obviously. Right. But um we want to really reduce people's risk going into the process. And and I think you're right. Education is really the key. So if you're talking to someone who's helping educate you about the process, that's great. And personally, um, I don't know about other debt counselors, but I don't let people sign anything unless I know it's right for them. So for instance, at Form 16, you mentioned that's a form that people fill in with a lot of information so you can figure out your kind of debt situation. I don't let people sign that. I, I don't have the signing pages attached to that document the first few times I send it to them because we'll go through it a few times. I think that is such a brilliant point to say to somebody, do not for, sign Form 16 until that debt council has given you a proper discussion. Don't sign anything. But people are being signed electronically through a call center, right? But at least that, don't. When they say, look, if they say to you, give us Form 16, we'll look at it and come back to you, just say no. No, I want the discussion first. So I like that, Zach. Mm. Nice. I also think it's important that you speak to the debt counselor. You mustn't just speak to anybody. Speak to the, you must have that person's name. Who's my mm-hmm. debt counselor? Corey, NCR, DC730. Yes. Your name is on the website. You are the debt counselor. You can answer my questions. I mustn't be able to call a number and then get sent from this person to that person and no one can answer my questions because that's the first time a client says, sorry, but my debt counselor is taking my money. We're stealing my money because I can't get hold of the debt counselor. It's an age old thing. It's been like this from the beginning of debt review. And I also wanted to mention that that's exactly what DCRS It's exactly what we try to do with insurance is if you can get insurance at four and 50, or you can get insurance at two and 95 and you do it after you've received the COBs, obviously you're going to take two and 95 and that's going to free up some money for the DCRS. And I just want debt counselors to get that into their mind that you can do stuff to get the client to DCRS and small things like saving on credit life can make a big difference to get that DCRS to solve. Mm-hmm. Corey, no, you're absolutely right. Look, there's, we can agree there's a good way to do things in any business, any practice. And then there's probably people who are not quite up to that standard. But of course, this has serious ramifications for people for their financial future. So we're dealing with very serious consequences. So you want to get the best possible service. And someone who you really click with is is highly important. But Maya, do you think there's a personality trait? Um, I, for instance, recently decided, okay, I need to shed a few kgs. So I decided, okay, let me go do some exercise. Uh, more exercise. I was already doing a little bit. Um, and I suppose hand in hand, hand with that is probably reducing a little bit of intake as well. Uh, you know, these things go together. But I I've always been a person who struggles to follow through with that in long term. I've often been able to start and start, 
stuff over the years. Periods of enthusiasm, normally in Cape Town, it has to do with summer and winter, just for the listeners. Um, winter can be very hard in Cape Town to uh, be enthusiastic. I don't think you go out hiking in the heart of winter that much. Um, not if it's raining, but actually winter's very nice time to hike because it's not so hot. <laughs> yeah, lovely. But do you think there's a personality trait or is it is there some sort of internal thing that drives success when someone is dealing with debt and they want to get out of debt? Do you think it's, is it the desire? Is it the process you find? Is it um, just having the options? What What is it that makes a difference? I, I mean, obviously, we all have different personality types. And some people have a much higher tolerance for being in debt than others, right? <laughs> some people, they don't, they just don't want to be in debt. And others are just kind of feel like, well, whatever, it'll work out. But when someone faces a crisis, I see huge shifts happening. Your personality becomes almost secondary um, to that. So people, and this is what I've seen, we've done so many money makeovers. And I mean, you've seen people go through debt review probably more than I have, um, where you have someone who says, okay, it's enough. And I mean, we have people who are complete spendthrifts. I completely didn't watch anything that have mounted up eye-watering debt just simply because they shop online and they do this and they do that. So that personality part of spending is there. But then they come to a crisis and two things need to happen one is they don't ever want to go back to that crisis again now that can be you know so what a lot of people want to do is they want to cash in their pensions to get rid of the debt right so maybe they don't want to go back into debt but they haven't learned anything all they've done is solved it with a lump sum so what i find is that people go on a process in our case it's six six months and debt review can be much longer where they're learning to live on a budget they're learning to manage their money and i don't believe you're ever going to change your behavior until you start putting those in place no one can just miraculously wake up tomorrow morning and say i'm going to be better with my money and they have to start learning to track their money to budget just pay attention to their money so yes it is a i think it's a turning point and maybe to use your analogy zach you go to the doctor and they say you've got you know, you're going to have a heart attack if you don't start doing this and it's enough of a shock. Then you will start to change your behavior. And it's a similar thing with debt review um, or debt, just general debt. I'm in too much debt. I've got to solve this. But I also think you have to give people, and maybe that's another part of debt review, you know, to what extent is can the debt counselor assist with that to help them live on a budget, to help them say to them, listen, you're not going to have access to credit for the next five years. So start saving, start putting money aside for your child's education, because you're not going to be able to take out a, a student loan. Um, you're not going to have that credit card. And actually one of our, our candidates last year, um, Johan, who's the first one, by the way, in Money Makeover ever went under debt review. He, his fear was not having access to his credit card for emergencies. So the first thing we did is built the emergency fund. Um, so, and now, oh my goodness, now he, he's, he's a lover of emergency funds. Now we're saying, listen, cool down. You've got enough in the emergency fund. You can start investing now, but you've got enough. He just bolted that emergency fund. And that allowed him to feel comfortable um, to be in debt review. So I think it is, the debt counselor is a very important role in making sure that that person learns new behavior. It's no secret that Zach and I love debt review. Um, I mean, debt review works. There's debt counselors that have been issued form 19s. Spoke to a debt counselor last week. Uh, he issued his most de- his most form 19s in the year, last year. Um, other than debt review, do you have a magic cure for getting out of debt? <laughs> it is starting to track your spending. So when, when we do money makeover, we ask people to, when they apply, we do lots of applications and they apply, they send us their budgets. They have to fill in a budget. I'm sure you guys, all of you have to do budgets, right? They send us this budget. And then when they've been accepted for the money makeover, we make them in the first month actually write down everything they spend. Not once, not once in seven years has anyone's budget reflected vaguely what they spend. They all spend more than they earn which is why they're in debt, okay? Debt is not a surprise. It's, you know, calories in, calories out, Zach. It's not a surprise. But it's a surprise to them. And that's, it cannot, it, it is the start. The start is where is my money going? Because if you don't know, you're going to stay in debt forever. So I think that is, to me, that is the secret. People hate the fact that that's a secret because they now feel like, oh, well, you know, that sounds boring, but sorry, you know, if you want to take control of your finances, if you want to be in control, take control, grow up, put a big, what I always say, put, put the big panties on, grow up, stop being a child, start adulting, start tracking your spend. End of story. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible that the simple truths 
are the ones that we sometimes struggle with the hardest because being boring oh it is boring the fact that you have to just write it down just creates an extra 30 seconds every day you know like here and there we struggle with it and and i think that's part of financial education go back to that thought of financial education it's it's not a habit that we've been taught to follow it's not something, there wasn't a class on it at school that said, write this down. And then the next day you had to hand in your homework. Um, it's something you get told and you never actually have to practice it unless someone starts to encourage you to do it. So even amongst debt counselors, I will just say it's a weak point that debt counselors have. They're very good at helping people create a budget, but helping people stick to the budget is one of their weak points um, across the industry uh, because it takes a lot of work to encourage you to do that and so sometimes it's work for the debt counselor and for the consumer but that, that's the way you count those things you see the progress i want to just make an additional point there because what you're saying is very important so on money maker they have an accountability partner me the entire public and their own financial advisor right so i would say that if you're trying to get out of debt have an accountability partner that may be your spouse it could be a friend somebody's good with money right Go and find somebody that you can make yourself accountable to. And it will actually sit with you and say, at the end of the month, did you stick to it? Where did you go right? Where did you go wrong? Because I think the accountability partner, and you know, Zach, sometimes change your friends. Like if you've got friends who, who go off and they splurge and they pull out the credit cards, maybe go find the friends who are really good at managing their money <laughs> and learn from them. Yeah, because sometimes that accountability partner is working in the other direction. They're holding you accountable to sticking to unreasonable things. So they're actually, and they're watching you to see whether you join them in their bad behavior. Exactly. So you, they, you've got you to choose the right You friend. help them spend. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm. And um, no, excellent advice. And, and it's one of the things that comes back to not talking about debt. Uh, it's one of the things you hide from your friends and hide from your family. And so you can't find that accountability partner. So you've got to break that cycle, get in with the right people. And yeah, there's, there's opportunities to do that in so many ways, but you've got to find the right people, change, change your location or change your friends. Um, my, we've got a few minutes. Let's talk about the future. Before we get into your book, I want to hear about your book too. Um, let's get into the future. Uh, as a country, South Africa, we've got a lot of challenges. Personal debt is very high. Are we heading for more of a crisis? Are we in the crisis? Is this the turning point where we come out of the crisis? Is there a, a broadening gap between the haves and the have-nots, or, or is this just our future? Oh, how to put this without everyone jumping off a building. So, look, the, the debt, funny enough, Debt in the, the lower income levels, we have seen stabilizing. And one of the reasons for that is the formal sector is just not lending to them anymore. I mean, I remember Capitech saying a couple of years ago, we just will not lend to anyone who earns less than 5,000 rand a month. They just cut that off. Of course, what you then have is you have the growing machinists and the loan sharks, which is another whole, and we don't even have access to those numbers, right? We can see, we can see formal debt. We're not even seeing what's going on at that level. So that's a, that's a really big crisis. And now what we're seeing, of course, are the people who are having massive debt issues, and I know you as debt counselors will see it, are, are the people with mortgages and car finance because that's just blown out. Obviously, that type of debt, so, so your, your people in poverty, people who are just earning too little, that is a chronic long-term problem, and that can only be solved very simply by higher employment rates in the country. But, and we have seen that worsening. We've seen unemployment worsening. The number of people who are classified as poor in this country is now 62%. People who earn have, have less than, I think it's less than 5,000 rand a month. Okay, so that's, that's, that's a huge majority. And I, I think that's an almost, that can only be solved by employment. People with assets who are taking on more and more and more debt obviously that's going to moderate once um, interest rates come off. Uh, they can also, that could also help if we see the economy growing and they're getting, they're getting um, salary increases that are above inflation or at least matching inflation because we've seen a huge sideways. Uh, Old Mutual Savings Investment Monitor showed that basically people's nominal incomes hadn't even increased in three years. So there is this massive pressure on the middle class. Um, and, and, but I think that... That we've got a little bit more hope for as interest rates come down and maybe we get, get a little bit more growth into the economy as interest rates come down and maybe that'll be. But that 62% who are living in poverty, unless we get jobs, they are not, 
yeah, but they are almost not participating anymore. They've got lots of debt, but they're not getting more debt in the in the formal sector. Maya, I think we can we can pick your brain for days. Um, I know we've limited on time, but yes, I really appreciate your time and spending it with us. Um, before we speak about your book, um, social media, where can people get a hold of you? Where can people follow you? Um, just give us a bit of uh, idea of where, where you are most um, prominent and, and, and obviously where you don't like to be like TikTok or something like that. <laughs> so um, at Maya Money is my handle everywhere. Um, that, yeah, so it's Maya on money, M-A-Y-A on money. That's the name of my website. It's my Twitter slash X, uh, Facebook, Instagram. And believe it or not, I have a handle on TikTok. How I feel about TikTok is another story. Um, I'm having some deep, deep, deep concerns about it and deciding whether to post on there or not, because there's some really bad stuff going on there. And I'm not comfortable with TikToks. Um, yeah, the way they do things. But uh, that's another podcast. So, yeah, but yes, if you are on TikTok and you look up my own money, it's my handle. The only thing is, can I just warn people I'm being impersonated all the time. So just again, double check that it is me. If somebody starts, if my handle starts offering you Bitcoin and investments, it's not me. I'm not going to ever, ever, ever solicit investments from the public. So that's uh, that's where you can find me. And Of course, if people want some financial advice, they can uh, read advice from you. Tell us a bit about this exciting book i yeah so i wrote um so, so money questions answered is very much a book of all the questions that i have received on a, on, a, on a literally daily basis and so i've just turned it into chapters and it's not a book that you have to start at the beginning and read to the end you can dip in you can go to the section on debt you can go to the section on wills you can go to the section on medical aid and it's actually a really really great book especially for somebody a young person who's saying well i'm entering this world I'm getting my paycheck. What's the best medical aid? What's the best life insurance? What's the best bank account? How do I buy a house? How do I buy a car? So it's got all of that. And I also intersperse it with the stories that I have from, from Money Makeover, which give you some of the reality of all of this. Because I think we, it's very easy to sit here saying, do the following five things. But when you show people that have done it and the changes that they've experienced in their lives, then it becomes a lot more tangible. So that's the book, Money Questions Answered. And you can get it on my, um, on my website um, and it can be at your door within 24 hours. That the courier is included, the courier cost is included. And uh, I, I actually I wrote a book before this that called My Own Money, Implement Your Money Plan. And that was done through bookstores. And then when I brought this out, which is really just an update on the first book. So don't go off and write by both. So you can just get the updated one. Um, it was COVID. I couldn't sell in bookstores. So I did it online and I actually find that a lot easier. So people can just uh, buy it. It's, it arrives at their house. They don't even have to leave their home. Um, so yeah, that's where you can get it. So Maya, if you are listening to this podcast, and you're thinking, well, Maya knows so much about dealing with debt. She's gone through it herself uh, on a family level, on a personal level. Um and what do I do? I'm also dealing with massive debt. It feels out of control. I'm, I'm having a, some very dark days. What advice do you have for me as someone who's dealing with debt? It's really, what you just said is very important. Is also, it's also the psychological thing, right? And it, it's difficult when somebody's actually in such a dark place that they've entered depression. And I think if you are in a state of depression about it, you may, your first call may actually be medical help. And I think that's, that's, we need to acknowledge that. But I think if you're sitting here listening, like, how do I do this? I just, my debt, I'm over, overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. I think a lot, a big part of it, and we have spoken about it is, you know, believe, completely and utterly believe that it, this is in your control. And I think that's a starting point. Believe in yourself, believe in your own ability to manage your money. In fact, money makeover last year we had, uh, or the year before, we had someone who I, I realized she just had this belief that she wasn't good with money. Within a month, I said to her, you're a genius with money. She had figured out so much stuff. She had come up with ideas. And one of her most brilliant ideas was she loved online shopping. And so she'd go online, choose an item, leave it in the, in the basket, wait three days, come back. Oh, don't want that. Choose something else. So she was window shopping without spending money. But she found that her own trick. And I said to her, you are extremely good with money. Don't tell yourself you're not. So I think first of all, it's self-belief. You are actually very good with money or everybody is. It's just about taking the, 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 the correct steps. And then, you know, as boring as it is, it's about, and you know what you can do? Just do, just start, 
writing down every day. It's not hard. I'm not asking you to go back on three months bank statements, nothing at this stage. Just take a little notebook, even if that's what it is. And every time you, every time something goes off your account, every time you spend, every time a family member calls you for money, just start recording it. Just start with that. Start an awareness. And I always say, you know, you, you know, Zach, you were talking about, you know, trying to lose a few pounds. Dietitians always tell you, write down what you're eating. And I think when you start writing down, it reflects. It's it will often stop the impulse purchase. Um, one of the, one of the big ones is you go to the, I've got a spa, my local is a spa, you know, um, and I pop down to buy milk and why do I come up? Why does it cost me 300 Rand every time I go, right? What's going on? Well, if you start writing it down, you'll start understanding where the money's going and it's that awareness. That would be my starting point. Once you've got that awareness, then start going through the bank statements. What are all those debit orders? Where, where are they all going? And it's, it's a schlep and it's a bit of a pain, but go through it. Um, you'll be surprised how many people discover debit orders they didn't know about. And yeah, that, that's a quite a common one. Um, there are subscriptions to things you may not need. Uh, you know, start canceling those things. So just do it incrementally. If you have insurance, do an insurance review. Um, I can't say credit life anymore, Corey, because most of the independent credit life guys have disappeared. Um, but, you know, start going through those, doing reviews on, on all of those things. Have a family conversation, please. I know this is hard. Um, and I do want to say on my website, I actually have a, a couple's questionnaire. And I find this couple's questionnaire very powerful. If you're struggling to have this conversation with your partner, do this questionnaire. You both print it out. And you will have reflections to yourself about how you feel about money. And that starts a conversation. And that can open the door to have these conversations. So I think start finding a way to have a conversation with your partner, with your family about the situation. And then, of course, it comes down to how much can I spend? How much can I not spend? And I, Zach, you know, we, we didn't get into it too much with my, my life crisis at the age of 32 when I drew up my first budget because I bought the house just after having a child, got retrenched. Anyway, and I remember sitting there and writing my budget for the first time and bursting into tears. And I said to my husband, but we earn this and we're spending that. How do we close the gap? How do we close the gap? And we close the gap. So you, it will feel like that. It will feel overwhelming. But you will put things in place. You will cut back. You will review. And slowly but surely, you will close that gap. Um, so I think those are kind of my, my suggestions. But of course, given this is a debt review uh, podcast, there's going to be a point where you look. And we had it with Johan. We had it in debt. We had it in money maker, but we could not solve his debt. His repayments were like 80% of his take-home pay. There's, it's impossible. It was impossible. How he got there, let's like how the banks allowed it, he couldn't. And then once you, you've done all of that and you have to admit that you cannot do this on your own, then obviously you contact a very good debt counselor who will not make you sign form 16 until you've had a really good conversation about what it means. And then yes. To me, what, what happened to Johan and the debt review, I mean, it was unbelievable how much it saved him. Um, and he will be debt-free before he retires, which is what his goal was. He would never, ever have achieved that without debt review. It was impossible. We couldn't, we couldn't do it without debt review. So, yeah, those are probably my, my bits of advice. Maya, we uh, cannot thank you enough for your time. Um, I think we can have you as a regular on the podcast. Uh, just joking uh, but thank you very much we really really appreciate your time thank you Maya we really really appreciate it um, and for anyone who wants good sound realistic financial advice check out Maya's uh, content really you're going to get straight advice and uh, nothing nothing outrageous no promises that can't be kept sound advice timeless advice on how to deal with the situation, but also up to date uh, with the challenges that are coming along these days, new things that do present us with new challenges. So thank you, Maya. Lovely having you with us. Thanks, Zach, Corey. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, yeah. So Corey, what, what, what do we do next as uh, we've got a few minutes left on the podcast today? Thanks, Zach. Yo, we're going to chat to our friends at the Freedom Debt Counselors. Welcome, Hein and Natasha, to today's podcast. Thank you very much for joining us, and thank you very much for sponsoring this episode of Debt Review with Dummies. Um, so let's start off. Uh, tell us a little bit about Freedom Debt Counselors. 
Sure, so Food and Debt Councils is a debt counseling firm based in the West Road, where we assist over-indebted consumers or financially strained consumers nationally to re relieve some of their monthly financial burdens. I mean, it's also just to educate the clients um, to inform them a little bit better about financial decisions when it comes to credit as well. And, of course, there are quite a lot of... There are quite a lot of debt counselling practices across South Africa. Um, what sets you guys apart from everyone else? So what I think sets us apart is the way we actually treat our, um, our consumers. The food and debt counsellors actually go the full journey with the consumer, starting right from the beginning to the end where they get the clearance certificate. Um, we do have a very passionate team um, with senior and junior members in the key position who have the knowledge and the passion for the product, and they believe in the cause, and each of them is aligned with the company's goals and visions. Finally, we strive to obtain sustainable repayment plan, which both beneficial for the consumer, but also acceptable for the credit providers. So if uh, we've got some listeners out there, why should a, a consumer uh, chat to Freedom Debt Counselors? We at Freedom Debt Counselors, you know, if, if you, our clients, we don't, we're not a call center environment. You know, what we do is we aim to do the best possible um, repayment plan. You know, taking it as low as possible, the interest, to as close as possible to zero on unsecured credit agreements. And to also make sure that the consumer settles all these unsecured agreements within 60 months. And we love debt review here on the podcast. We, we love it, right? We're in love with debt review. Um, why do you guys love debt review? One of the prime benefits of debt review is to combine multiple debts. So you get your unsecured and your secured credit agreements. So it gets um, combined into a single manageable monthly installment because of the reduced repayment plans. And instead of juggling the various due dates, interest rates and payment amounts, debt review streamlines your obligations. Furthermore, debt review is a legal process and it is also useful that you uh, that of all your overview repayment plans can be reduced and negotiated by your debt counselor on your behalf. And the advantage of debt review is the ability to protect you against um, asset repossessions as well, legal action, and um, credit harassment, your credit providers uh, harassing you the whole time. And then lastly, debt review does assist in better financial decisions in the future. Um, debt review, we all know debt review, we've been around for it for, around it for a while. Um, but, you know, I always feel there's maybe something that we could change. In your opinion, if you could change one thing about debt review, what would it be? Great. Debt review is a successful process. It's helped hundreds and thousands of South Africans, you know, all across all dem demographics. Uh, we truly believe that this process caters for every over-indebted or every client that feels financially straight. Um, in ma in majority of the instances, the process is flawless, in my opinion, with the exceptions, though, of unscrupulous debt counselors and some credit providers who doesn't have their house in order. So um, I would say if there's one thing we can change about debt review, it's getting rid of the negative stigma of rogue debt counsellors and unparticipating credit providers. Um, all right, so you've told us a little bit about the process. We know a little bit about the process. People contact you, you help them go through a budget, you look at their total debt situation, you make proposals, then you uh, take all that to court once everybody knows and has agreed to whatever. And then the way forward is you assist and educate them throughout the process. What other sorts of things do you do at Freedom Debt Councils? So apart from the debt review, we do um, identify the need for short-term insurance, insurance solutions from the consumer. So um, as we understand the process of the consumer's needs and who are under debt review, but also the financial providers still require insurance cover, we established our own independent in-house insurance brokerage. And then we also um, continue to looking for other financial products 
or solutions which can benefit the consumer who are under debt review. So our long-term goal is to be like a one-stop for all our consumers' needs um, and financial needs and requirements. Do you find that a lot of consumers perhaps have got rid of all their insurance stuff during tight times when money is tight and now suddenly you're able to look at the budget and you can find those funds again? Is that often what's happened? Yeah, that's correct, yes. So we try and see where we can save them more money and also to assist and fill in the blanks. Yeah, I also think it's important for, for especially for the vehicles, you know, a nice seven out of 10 cars on South African roads do not have insurance. So I think it's very important for, for consumers to know that if your car is under, um, if you're still paying the bank, you need to have it insured. So that's really great. I, um, I take my hat off to you guys. Well done. So if a consumer is potentially listening and he's considering debt review, you know, um, what would you tell a consumer that's considering uh, to apply for debt review? Well, um, you know, we all know the economic, current economic climate in our country. You know, most of us are living beyond our means. You know, taking out loans to, to get by, you know, uh, the increasing const, constant increase in the living expenses, it makes it extremely difficult. Um, I would say, you know, the, the main thing to do is uh, plan, plan, plan. You know, make a list of what you need and what you want. And then you can see, you know, what what is necessary for you to survive. And you can prioritize your, your expenses by doing that. Um, then, you know, in the long run, that review, it seems as if it's a, a, a negative thing, you know, but it's not. You know, it's a lifeline. It can help you. So, you know, I would say if you start picking up trouble in, in um, making your monthly expenses, paying your monthly expenses, don't wait. Go for it. And Natasha, what would you say? Um, what are your thoughts? Do you? Do you feel that people are being swift enough about dealing with their debt? Well, I work with a day and I actually see that some people wait too long um, and they keep saying they can do it and they can do it. And um, and then eventually they fall so far behind. There's all, you know, the summons and judgments and stuff. And then it does get a bit tricky for us to assist them. But um the thing is, you know, it does have a bad effect, you know, like Hans says out there. But at the end of the day, it's the most effective way to get out of debt. And especially when we're dealing with the clients every day and hearing what, they, what they're going on and so on. I really do, you know, for being in this industry for so long, I, I actually see it and I feel the difference that you can make in a client's um, life with what we do. Does every consumer, in your opinion, qualify for debt review? I mean, you guys see quite a few applications. And um, not just that, uh, in my opinion, a debt counselor is not just always there to place someone under debt review. What's your thoughts around that? We like to just first see the situation, um, what the client is going through, because it's very really hard to um, pick it up on a you know 10-minute conversation, what's going through, what the client's going through. So I try to say to the client, look here, let's get um, some figures in front of us. And then I can actually see and I can feel what the client's going through because, um, you know, we're doing the quote and we've got some figures and then you can actually guide them and answer the questions and so on. Well, it sounds like you guys really, really know what you're doing. So... If a consumer is listening, they want to get hold of you. How do they go about doing that right now? The easiest way is to visit on to our website, which is www.freedebt.co.za, or you can submit your details. Um, oh, you can submit your details on there, or you can go to our Facebook page or our Instagram page, which is Freedom Debt Counselors. And then, if there's anything else that you're more than welcome to send us an email at help at freedebt.co.za and the last option was to call our offices at 010035083 and if I phone that number what was the number again? 
Okay, so if I phone that number and I just want to talk to you about my situation, am I suddenly going to find myself under debt review somewhere with a flag on a credit bureau, something like that? Or can I just have a conversation with you about the process? We actually have a conversation first before we do those steps. Um, and it's also nice to hear what the client is going through and put the client at ease. Um, you know, why is he actually phoning us? And actually just listen to the client. It's very seldom people just listen. And I think the clients appreciate that a little bit because of we're giving a little bit more time to them and listening. I mean, some of us spend sometimes an hour on the client with the phone from the client and um, we even sometimes cry with the client. It's actually so sad what they're going through. So we really do have a passion for what we do and treat every every client individually to, you know, according to their own needs. So just before we let you guys go, um, any final thoughts, Hein or Natasha? Corey, people must remember, debt review is not a quick fix. You have to have discipline and be committed to the process to make it work. But if you're struggling, speak to us or speak to a debt counselor. It may be a good option for you to take. And I would also like to add to that is do your homework and shop around. I encourage people to shop around. The cheap is always best. This one, you have to have a full plan to know what you're actually going to be signing for. So I do encourage people to shop around, and I'm always happy to assist with the shopping around in front of me to look. But it, it is important to look at all your options and um, you'll know what you're signing for. Well, thanks very much for explaining that, and we appreciate the hard work that you are doing and helping so many people. And it's so great. You've been able to do that for years and help so many people. So really congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Natasha. Thank you very much for your time um, to spend some time with these two dummies. We really appreciate it. Um, um, all the best. And um, thank you very much again for being such a friend to detriment with us. Well, Corey, I don't know about you, but after hearing from Maya and hearing from our friends at Freedom, I feel a lot smarter than when we started this podcast episode. It was really, it was a great time. Thank you. Yeah, Zach, I think uh, we could we could spend days and days with Maya. Um, but yeah, like I said earlier, we've just got limited time. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you to Maya for her time. Zach, as always, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for our sponsors. Thank you for our friends. And uh, thank you to our listeners. And we'll see you again on the next episode of Interview with Dummies.